Hi, I'm Vicki Ann, Director and Founder of Creative Recruiters. Welcome to the Creative Studio Insider Podcast. My special guest this week is Ian Anderson. Ian is the Studio Managers at Rail Projects Victoria. Hi, Ian. I'm thrilled that you could join me today. Uh, hi, Vicki Ann. Thanks for uh, inviting me along. Great to be here. You're welcome. Um, now, I'll start where I always do. I love hearing about how you got into the creative industry and what your career journey has been that's led you to this role at Rail Projects Victoria. Okay, well, uh, uh, we've only got 30 minutes, so I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> um, it, uh, my journey started uh, uh, with an apprenticeship with News Limited. Um, I just did the sums this morning. It was about 30 years ago. Uh, so that was, a, that was a fun time. It was a four-year apprenticeship in graphic reproduction. Uh, so it was in the days before, uh, before those uh, Apple Macs started appearing in the corner. Um, but uh, they did, uh, I think maybe in the second or third year. Um, and that's, that's where I sort of got my grounding as a, as a finished art, graphic reproduction kind of finished artist and yeah. uh, a retoucher. And I imagine things, you know, 30 years ago are completely different to how they are today. What's one of those things that was a game changer for you in your career? Wow. Um, I think um, the ability to, with the coming into, I said, the Apple Macs and everything like that, which started uh, sort of coming in in the early 90s, uh, was then uh, the explosion of, of those then meant you weren't really uh, tied to the old tried and true way of uh, of getting things printed and the, and the reproduction involved and started exposing you to more people within the industry um, so you know your your copywriters because you're working directly with them that transfer of information uh, and so, yeah, that exposure to more and more people, uh, uh, art directors and so forth, creative directors, you're no longer just the, um, at the end of the caboose, if you like, um, you're actually all working more tightly together. I'm really interested in the, um, the history of the Rail Projects Victoria Department and what its pur purpose is because there's been so much government spend in infrastructure, particularly in the last five years. Um, tell tell me a bit about that. Well, it's a kind of a case of be careful what you're good at. Um, uh, when I when I joined, we were the uh, 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 Melbourne Metro Rail Authority, and uh, we were to deliver one project, which was the Melbourne Metro Rail. Uh, now we started doing really well, and um, and the government sort of thought, oh, I I think this uh, organisation could do more than one project. So uh, hence we had a name change to Metro Tunnel and started taking on this regional rail revival, uh, Ballarat Line Upgrade, and it's just grown and grown since then and it, and it is sincerely a case of we have great people right across all the departments, you know, engineering, finance, HR, you know, you name it. Um, the people that I've worked with even before RPV on the previous project and uh and yeah, they're just the government has faith in us to deliver uh, and to administrate this work going on. So, yeah, bring on. If you've got another project in your back pocket, bring it on. <laughs> and I'm going to be a little bit naughty and ask whether there's any inside goss on the airport 
railway line? Well, uh, there probably is, but um, uh, (laughs) there's, uh, you know, if you know something, please tell me. Um, (laughs) Our our team has actually been uh, working away on, uh, on bits and pieces for that for quite some time. You know, a lot of these projects are, are sort of kicked around and scoped out and optioneering and all that kind of stuff. So we've been assisting with diagrams and things for for um, for for quite some time before that announcement to yeah help make decisions get made. Well, if you're listening, Dan Andrews, we really really want it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your role and your responsibilities there, Ian. Um, uh, my role is uh, manage the, the the studio of uh, we've got five designers uh, on board, and I um, do the uh, scheduling, uh, traffic management, print production, IT, um, and yeah, there's a, a few hats to wear. Um, I collaborate well with our internal marketing team, digital team, and things like that. And There's never a shortage of something to do. No, it's a, it's a big team as well. Who tend to be your your clients? All of, uh, well, nearly all of our clients are, um, you know, obviously internal for, for the government, but it is a mix um, from, you know, HR has an initiative that they'd like to get off an internal initiative um, through to land planning team need to get uh, some information out there to the general public specifically about projects and uh, environmental effects statements and so forth uh, through to project information for the general public, what's actually happening, like fact sheets and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but from that range all the way up to uh, directly dealing with the, the minister's office on for media events to even larger scope of works of um, installations at uh, Melbourne Museum uh, through school oh, holidays okay. and, yeah, interactive sort of, engagement things for the for the kids during the holidays so it's a wide gamut and so what's the percentage split between you know print collateral um versus more digital online communications that you're producing yeah there's uh it certainly has uh, been a decline in the pr- in print i mean i've been with rpv five years and previously that was five years on another government project and in that time, I've managed the print production for the comms and stakeholder. And it certainly has gone uh, down and down, the quantities that you get done. Yeah. But there still is required those, you know, for um, this is pre-COVID, obviously, uh, community info sessions, uh, pop-up stalls. And people like to, you know, have something in their hand. And you actually get a little bit more engagement out of that than, you know, everything is on the screen. Um, and so... Although it's decreased, I don't, I don't see it completely going away. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, obviously it's been a really challenging year and managing a, a government department can be complex at the best of times. Um, how did you manage the technology infrastructure in the moment when you knew that you needed to move your team off-site? Yeah, that was um, that was a uh, baptism of fire. To be honest, um, we, like a number of uh, other studios within government, work on an internal server that uh, is on the internal network, uh, and then we had literally uh, two or three days to enact 
us leaving like everybody you know it, it took everyone by surprise and that's not just us but right across uh, the whole country you know mm. the, the sweep of this so uh, it's not like there was a lot of pre-planning for immediately leaving the office um, but we managed that through uh, utilizing online uh, server storage because uh, one of the tricky aspects especially being in government there's a lot of um, uh, internet firewalls and so forth so it wasn't a simple case of, uh, of just having our servers located somewhere else and being able to tap into our existing infrastructure. We had to completely reinvent how this happened, uh, and, and which we did really successfully. And like I say, within two to three days, the whole studio was up and running from home uh, and off we were back to the races. That's an incredible effort. Were you wearing hats that you'd never worn before? Uh, although I was heavily involved in the IT, I didn't realise uh, the rabbit hole, <laughs> which is uh, that online server storage and uh, and making it work uh, with real. Everyone was you know rowing their own boat, uh, and I came up for air every now and again and collaborate with my peers. You know, questions: What did you do in this scenario? Would you? And they're yeah. downloading to me. I'm uploading to them, and and mm -hmm. together we kind of sorted it out while we kept the wheels moving. Uh, yeah, it was certainly an interesting time. It was an incredible effort across government for, for all of those reasons. And there did, they certainly did appear to be a lot of collaboration, a lot of sharing of information, a lot of testing things that worked and things that didn't work. Were there any ongoing challenges or an ongoing focus for you that, and your team that perhaps wasn't there prior to lockdown? Um, I, I think the, the biggest one was more on a personal level. Um, yeah. so the, the degree to which every, I think everyone who's, who's been affected through this, uh, is that, that personal connection and, uh, what we didn't have before, uh, when we're all located in a, in a studio together and, a, you know, a few meters from each other, um, uh, the, the, discussion the talk around work uh, would happen kind of freely um, we would get together every now and again to look at the um, the schedule of work and uh, and divvy it up uh, but when we went from the office and we're all meeting uh, virtually I put in place that we have a morning whip every morning yeah um, primarily at the start it was to make sure that we're not losing some valuable work that you know the minister needs for this, that, and the other, or, you know, there's other bits that need to happen, but it changed its focus more into is every, how's everyone doing? Uh, and it continues to today to be a, a, a touch point for um, the designers in the studio to, which half the time we talk about what's on the schedule, what's happening that day. And the other time it's just that, uh, that touch point. Like I say, it's, I think it's really important especially through that whole lockdown stage four period, um, there was something reliable that they could all count on and they knew it was going to happen. There was a bit of stability for everyone. Yeah. And how did you address any issues that really have resulted in that, you know, happy, productive, remote studio? Um, uh, well, we, we just try and make sure, first of all, that the, 
the, the people are okay. There were issues, you know, people were learning, you know, schooling from home, learning from home and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was certainly challenging for a lot. So we ended up uh, filling some more seats with freelancers to alleviate some of those pressures. You know, the, the kind of, if you look at it at a productive production point of view, you're not going to expect people to have the same level as, as this, this time last year. Mm. They've got a lot of pressures to deal with in family life and an unknown about what, what's happening generally. So is to really focus on that and, and dealing with it is by getting some more people in, some more support to, uh, to try and even out that amount of work because the work keeps going. Uh, yeah. It's not like it's for us anyway, and which is a great fortunate thing about being on infrastructure projects. But, uh, yeah, that's how I tried to, uh, as a team, really kind of level it out for everyone. And then, you know, look at people's specific circumstances and tailor our approach depending on, you know, what yeah. they need. And earlier you were talking about having to wear the IT hat. What, what technology did you end up implementing that you didn't have before and how has that evolved over the past eight months? Um, well, uh, uh, Dropbox is what uh, has been our go-to uh, right from when we knew we had only a few days to go. We were, uh, one of the team under MTIA came up with that idea that, hey, I think we can use this. And at that time it was, I think. Yeah, sure. But, so we all dove into it and went, right, okay. And by hook or by crook, we made it work. Uh, we've refined that since. Uh and it ends up still working well. There's investigation into other methods that we can use, mm. um, but for a you know uh, a cost benefit kind of thing, it, it works out really well for us. So I actually think even if moving starting to move back into the office, we'll continue to use that that kind of uh, method. Is there a plan for you to move the team back into the office in the new year? There are discussions about it at the moment with Dan Andrews saying, you know, public servants, uh, the 25 and the 50% sure. trying to move after the private sector. Mm. So we're still working through that at the moment. Um, and I think it won't be that moving forward, I don't think it'll be an either or. Uh, I really do think from what we've all experienced and how well everyone has adapted to that, mm -hmm. there will be a real good mixture of, of both moving mm. forward. Were the projects that you were working on pre-COVID affected during lockdown? Uh, the they were in their maybe their timeframes of delivery. Yeah, um, uh, like a, a lot of other industries as well is 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 what you had planned. You you make uh, new schedules, new plans, and mm -hmm. then reassess where you're at. So uh, there wasn't fundamentally any huge changes. Uh, just just possibly the scheduling about when that would occur. Mm. You know, we often talk about the, the challenges during the eight months, but I think that the, the more people I speak to, the more I, I'm hearing that there's a lot of positives that have come out of the pandemic. You know, um, what do you think they are for people like you in these creative service manager roles? Um, oh, I think... The, the 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 positive uh, being in a meeting with a, a bunch of people and uh, somebody's four year old comes up and, and shows the most important thing or you know your cat tail coming past the screen as you're uh, 
uh, as you're chatting, that really hum in, in a fast moving environment, bringing back that humanistic point um, that we're all people and we've got a lot of things to deal with more, more than just the workload that's in front of us. So yeah. it's been really good um, release of pressure valve in, in one respect for a lot of people uh, is to be more real about what we all have to deal with day to day. We've got full lives outside of us sitting in front of the screen and, and doing the work that we do. Mm. It's been the most fun part for sure. Um, you know, me meeting clients and candidates for the very first time and it's all over video conferencing and then, you know, someone's cat or dog walks past as you, or you're right, the kids start asking for things. It's, it's actually been a really nice insight into people's lives, into people's homes. Um, yeah, for sure. You have a reputation for building really strong internal cultures. What are the behaviours that you insist on from your team? You know, why are they important and how do you uncover that they will have those behaviours in your interview process? Oh, well, it's very nice of you to say building um, <laughs> uh, good cultures there. I Maybe thinking about this, I don't really... I just treat people how I'd like to be treated really is, is at the end of the day, um, be open and honest. Uh, and in the interview process, you, you kind of get that from people. You, you can tell when someone's honest and genuine mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you can tell when they're worried and scared and like we all are, you know, going for interviews and things like that. Yeah. Um, but what making that, that human connection is, is really important and first and foremost i guess you you understand that they they know the industry they know what they're doing it's it's kind of like a mate of mine explained that uh, musicians uh, at a certain level you understand that everyone can play and it's more about the the person than being able to play because you well everyone knows how to do that um everyone knows what, what they're doing for, for our kind of work and it's more about connecting with the people mm. The, the amount of um, pressure that studio managers are under with regards to all of the different stakeholders and all of the different projects often boils down to the resources that they have within their teams. What advice could you give to a studio manager perhaps that's just starting out um, who is experiencing those challenges of an under-resourced team? Um, from experience, I would, uh, I'd suggest it, it's easy to get caught up in, uh, in the fast paced, in the emotion of the fast paced nature and, and, uh, and become overwhelming. And I, I feel that the, that is maybe brought about by people's want to deliver a, a good outcome. And they maybe not see how they can do it because how do they get these, how do they get to work with all these pieces? What I kind of suggest is try, if you can take a step back from that, because when talking to the people that you need to influence to possibly get more resources, they, they don't really, don't really understand a lot of the time what you're feeling under that, that pressure and nor should they is, is try and take down emotion out of it and be, be more calm about how the situation is. Yeah. Um, 
because ultimately they want to try and help you. But if, uh, as when things get really busy, your head's spinning and you're trying to put all the pieces in the right place and yeah. things like that, it's, it's extremely hard to shift gears into the, uh, now I'll be the calm strategy person. Mm. Uh, and some people do it really well. Personally, I'm still learning how to uh, navigate that road and I think I've made some great success, but it's almost a continual thing as well to, uh, to understand that it's, it's not about the thing that you're talking about, it's the person that you're talking to yeah. is, is what you should concentrate on more. Yeah, absolutely. I meant to ask you earlier whether there is a particular piece of technology that you use for um, project management, traffic management, that sort of thing. Well, uh, I'll probably get lots of comments down below. I don't know if you do that. Um, <laughs> um, we uh, use the tried and true Excel. Ah, don't we love it? To be perfectly honest. Yeah, no, you're not the only one. We, we've tried and I've investigated, I've had other of my colleagues uh, investigate lots of different platforms and um, for our instance, we've got, well, today in the WIP meeting this morning, we've got 160 plus jobs on, on the decks um, and yeah, there's quite a bit moving. It's fast paced. So there is unfortunately no, uh, you know, studio killer app out there, which enables you to look at that schedule from that many jobs across, you know, uh, half a dozen designers on a day-to-day -day basis and figure out where it's all going. I really wish there would um, uh, be, but so we use a collaboration of a few different bits of software for um, timekeeping and for client, um, uh, client liaison for sending drafts. And mm. then, but at the end of the day, Excel is, is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I say to people all the time, the, the day there is a piece of technology out there that can, that can really take away the need for that Excel spreadsheet. If you're listening out there, develop it because you will make a fortune. Um, Absolutely. What's, what's a little something that about you that, you know, not, not everyone may know. Oh, crikey. Um, uh, Oh, here's the one little one. I lived in Scotland when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, moved to Australia when I was ten. Um, so, yeah, fond memories of uh, walking to school in the snow. Well, you've done a really good job of getting rid of any Scottish accent. They tend to stay with you forever by that that stage. Yeah. So I, was, I think I was just under the threshold. I think once you get to like twelve or thirteen, then then it, you've got the Scottish accent for life. You do, absolutely. Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you today. Thank you so much for sharing the insights of what's going on there at Rail Projects Victoria. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Vicky. I really appreciate it too. And uh, have a great day. Yeah, you too. Take care. See you soon.